get started. Yesterday was Daf Ayin Test number 79. Today is number 80. That's pretty big. It's a lot of pages in this tractate so far. So we're learning for Fuah Shalema for Yudas Basara and Rachaleh Basara and Hadassah Basranya and Amy Basvara and all else who need Urfuah. And with that, let's get right to the. Um, the daf. So the review of the daf, starting from uh, basically finally David, after three years of famine, finally figured out by asking from the Urim Batum, maybe he should have gone right away to the Urim Batum, I don't know. But he waited, but uh, he tried the conventional means of what most likely might be the issue. Anyway, the Urim Batum informed him that it has to do with the fact that Shoal was not eulogized properly, number one. And number two, the Givonim were slighted. They lost their parnasa, they lost their means of sustenance that they used to have, and that's what's causing the famine. So uh, David said, as far as the first thing, there's really little to do at this juncture. Okay, we're guilty, you know. We should have done it better, should have been better at uh, eulogizing for, for Shaul, but after all, it's after a year already, it's too late. So what is the, so what, what, what's the story? So uh, let's speak to the Gavon and see what they say. So he offered. So he went to the Gavonim. He said, "What can we do to bring blessing to God? Um, you know, from God for, uh, um, you know, what can we do to atone?" So they said, "We don't want money. We don't want any anything like that. We want blood for blood, and uh, we want uh, seven members of Shaul's family to hang to death. Crazy request." When David uh, tried. Getting, we tried convincing them out of that, you know, horrendous idea. They uh, they refused. They said, "It's this. If you want to be appeased, this is the only way." So he had no choice. At that juncture, David said, "But what I do have a choice is I can make a rule." <laughs> and uh, we know that the Jewish people have three most salient character characteristics that that it defines Jewish people. It's an amazing thing to think about because it's really, it's really our, it's our DNA, our spiritual DNA. That is that they are Rachmanim. Jews are merciful. When they see someone suffering or hurting, it hurts them. That's in our blood. It's in our DNA. Number two, they're Baishanim. Baishanim means that they're embarrassed to do, like to go to a certain level, to be so depraved publicly. Okay? It's like an embarrassment. That's a very positive thing as well. And the third one is that they're gomli chasadim. And he quotes Pesukim to that effect. As far as who we are willing to accept as converts are people who are matching in that area of DNA. If they have these qualities, then welcome to join us. But if they lack, you know, you can convert. But as far as us marrying into you, where that's not going to work. And that's what happened The the... Yivonim, because they lacked the meat of Rachmanus, they were, he made a decree, nobody's allowed to marry them from uh, B'nai Yisrael. And that's what happened. Um, um, anyway, so um, the, the, the ended up, uh, he had to follow through with it. So he took two, daughter, two sons of Ritzbah Basaya, who, from Shol, Armoni and Mephibosheth, and five sons of Michal Basol, so grandsons of Shol, um, from the five sons from uh, Adriel ben Barzila and Mechulasi, 
Why these f- seven? Like, what did they do wrong? So the answer is, is that he wasn't able to choose. He passed them in front of the Aaron. Whoever the Aaron chose, basically, like, absorbed. I don't know exactly what that means. Somehow there was a sign, a simon, and that was the story. Um, anyway, bottom line is, uh, what's going on over here? Because Yonasan, as we know, was, one, was the best friend of David HaMelech. He died already, but... Uh, Yonason. Oh, that, no, that belongs to, uh, you know, Khalid. Okay. Yonason ben Shol basically uh, uh, was his best friend, his son, Mephibosheth. He really felt bad for him that he should be on the list. So he died, so, he, so he, he didn't put him there. So the question is, hey, he's not allowed to do that. I mean, that's making somebody else die. So the Gemara says, actually, he... Um, he he, uh, he first first thought we said well you know he didn't he, he did have to let him go by, but he was absorbed by the by the by the Aaron and he davened that he should be kicked back out, um, and that's also not appropriate. So the Gemara says that he davened before passing that the Aaron shouldn't um, shouldn't take him specifically, and that is already okay. Anyway. Um, how is it that these uh, people were to die? It doesn't. Don't we have a rule? Each man dies. Each Each person dies in his own sin. They're taking on the sins of the father here. So, Rabbi, you're right. It's not right. <laughs> but uh, you can't do be mechalashem shemayim since the Givonim named this to happen, even though it's wrong. Um, that is. Uh, uh, that's what it is. Um, so um, then uh, we have a story of uh, Ritzvah Basaya actually, you know, covered the bodies and protected the bodies from birds and f- uh, during the day and from animals at night that they shouldn't be, uh, they shouldn't be harmed. Um, and um, so the Gemara says, I, how is that even allowed? And there was the whole season that they were, they were out there. Isn't that inappropriate? So the Gemara says, you're right. Um, uh, it's not allowed. It's lo- you're not allowed to leave bodies out more than one night uh, to be hung. But uh, we uprooted one word, of, one letter of the Torah for the Kiddush Hashem, and there was a major Kiddush Hashem over here because people would see such a sight and they passed by and they said, "What's going on over here?" And they said, "Oh yeah, who are these people? They're B'nai Malachim, they're from the king's family. King's family. What the, what could they have done wrong that that this should happen to them? Seven members. Oh yeah, though." There were some converts that were very lowly converts that weren't even properly accepted, and uh, nevertheless, they uh, they they mistreated them, and that's why this happened to them. They said, "If that if there's a nation that's that, you know, self-introspective, they're willing to take it, even and we not show favoritism, even to the family of kings. So then, Kalachomer to regular people, um, it's going to be a fair. This is a real fair." Religion and people joined Judaism, and that was what it says that the 150,000 converts converted to Judaism on account of this story. And we brought it down that Shlomo had 70,000 uh, carriers and 80,000 uh, stone hewers, and that was their their job. And Sigmar says, How do you know they weren't Jewish? The answer is because they, 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 Shlomo wouldn't think Jew, a Jew as a servant. And maybe they were hired hands. So the Gemara says, no, there's another puzzle that says, he, met, he counted up the Gerim in, in Eretz Yisrael, and there was 150,000 uh, total, 70,000 
porters and 80,000 uh, stone ewers, and that's it. Okay, now, the words bother, okay, that's the first story, that David was the one who established the decree against the Nesinim. Problem is that we find even from Moshe Rabbeinu that there was an issue with the Nesinim. He talks about the Chotev Mimecha. So he was talking to them also in Parshas Hasinim. So, uh, I mean, it's of him, I mean. So, um, so the Gemara says Moshe was only decreeing for his generation. Future generations, he didn't say anything. And, uh, and, uh, he, and David came along and made it for all generations. But Yeshua also made a decree against them. So the Gemara says, you're right, Yeshua's decree was during the time of the Semigdash. David's decree was forever, even past the business. In the time of Rebbe, they wanted to permit Nisinim. And he said, look, we can permit our own measure, but we can't permit the Mizbeach's measure. Which is not like Rabbi Kiv Rabbi, who says that, um, and then Rabbi Yochanan, that actually the, uh, the Mizbeach issue was only during the time of the Temple. Once it's after the time of the Temple, so then it's only us. And he would have been able to undo it. Anyway, we moved on to the next topic, the topic of a Sris, a eunuch. And um, the Rabbi Yeshua says, I've heard conf- conflicting opinions over here. Or, I don't know, not opinions, but traditions. One, one idea is that a Sris is, gets chalitza, can do chalitza, can, chalitza happens to his wife. And the other source says not. And which is it? I have no explanation. So Rabbi Kiva says, it makes sense to me that there's two kinds of sris. There's sris adam, where it happened by hand of man. Then there is going to be chalitza. And the reason why is because it was a moment in time when they were actually, when he was fit. He just, at a later point. So for that marriage, it is required. And he has a chiv to do it. And then there's sris chama, which happens naturally or, you know, from, from birth. And um, there's no chalitza uh, to him at all because he never even had a moment of being fit. Rebbe says, if anything, it should be the exact opposite because Sris Chama should do Chalitza um, or to him or to his wife, and that's because there's something to be done to fix him that he should be able to uh, get better. But a Sris Adam, that's not going to get better, and therefore that's why there's, it's not going to happen. Now, Rabbi Shubim Sira testified about an individual where they did do uh, Yibim to his wife even though he was a Sris Adam, which fulfills Rabbi Kiva, who says that it goes by Shasa Kosher. In general, the, there's no Chalitza or Yibum from Sris, and also none to an islandess as well. If a Sris does Chalitza, so then he doesn't make her unfit because he didn't do anything. If he does Bia, then he does make her unfit because that's a Bilas Nus. And also by an islandess, if the brothers do Chalitza to her, it doesn't do anything. Um, but if they have beer with her, then that is bilas nos because she's a married uh, married to the brother without the mitzvah because there's no mitzvah of yibum to an islandess. Okay, that's the end of the mission. Takes us to the Gemara. Um, we find that Rabbi Kiva holds that chayv uh, eleven is like chayv krisis. Okay, we saw this earlier on in the Masechta, and the question therefore is. Is that you know just like Chavik Kriya says, there's no chalitza or yibum or anything. So, anytime there's a lav, there should be no mitzvah yibum or chalitza. And over here, being that he's a sris, so there's uh, an iser to have relations with him. So there should be no mitzvah at all. So Rav Ami says that we're talking about over here is that the brother had married a gyoras who has no prohibition to marry a sris, and that's the way there's a mitzvah yibum. And Rabbi Kiva says, like, uh, it's like Rabbi Yossi, who says that Gerim are not subject to the law of the prohibition to marry um, a Tzuadaka or anybody who has these problems. 
Okay. Um, so why not do Yibam? So Gemara says, you're right, it could do Yibam. And that's a fact to indicate it, because Rabbi Shul Misir said that the, this fellow, who was a Swiss Adam, and they did Yibam to his wife, which fulfills Rabbi Kim's opinion. So which, yeah, Yibam is also one of the options. But since Rabbi Shul talked about Chalitza, so they talked about Chalitza. So Rabbi says, P'su'a Daka Khrushchev Swiss Adam, and Zakin is quoting, or, or either Chalitza or Yibam. And we said that if they die, and there's wives, uh, uh, they have a wife, and there's brothers, the brothers get up and did Maimer, get, Chalitza, everything works, Bia is acquiring. If the brothers die, it's the other way around, and they get up and do Maimer, uh, or get, or Chalitza, it's effective. But Bia is a good Kenyan also. But it's us, you're not allowed to remain married because it's an Isser. Now obviously, if it's an Isser, that means that we're talking not about a Gyorath, because if we're talking about a Gyorath, then there wouldn't even be an Isser. So, Rabbi says that we're talking about the first she fell to Yibam, and then subsequently he uh, had, so the mitzvah Yibam was already kicked in, that he had the obligation, and then he had the accident that made him unfit. So, Abai says, why doesn't that uproot the mitzvah Yibam? Uh, let it just get rid of it. It should un- undermine the Asi of Yibam, just like we find by Rabbi Gamliel, a very similar situation, because Rabbi Gamliel was talking about a person who was married to a woman, and then the other brother, um, and then he died, and the other brother was, was married rabbinically to a, the sister, who was a minor, uh, married off by the mother and brother, so it's a possibility of Mi'un, and Rabbi Gamliel says, if she does Mi'un, then he, fine, but if she doesn't do Mi'un, he stays married to her, and once she hits adulthood, and the marriage is finalized in a Torah level, so then he doesn't have the mitzvah anymore, so you see the power of the Isra, of Achos Isha, will uproot an existing mitzvah, because right now the mitzvah does exist. So let that happen too. The mitzvah b'sudaka should uproot it. And that's the question. Um, so Rabbi Yosef says that the Tanis, over here is Tanis very Rabbi Kiva, um, who has a different version of what's, it's, in other words, to really uproot, you know, to get rid of the whole question altogether. Yes, it's true that in general, Rabbi Kiva says that Chayv Elavin is like Chayv Krisos, and therefore there should not even be a mitzvah of Chalitz or Yibum. But that's only time that there's uh, the Chavi Lavin uh, can carry with it a uh, level that produces Mamzerim, which is what we're talking about over here, is if it's uh, one of She'er, where it's a relation, a forbidden relationship. Here, it's a, a psul in him, it's a blemish in him, it's not the same type of prohibition, and therefore it doesn't, um, it doesn't create Mamzerim, and well, obviously you can't have kids anyway, but the point being is, is that uh, it doesn't, uh, the mitzvah is still here. Um, it's not like the other lavin. So the Gemara is saying, how is there even a mitzvah at all? It doesn't have say, the whole goal is to produce a child. He's a siris. He's not capable of doing such. Why is there even a mitzvah? What does that even mean? He's not subject. He's not capable. So Rabbi says, um, if, you make that, if you take that to its logical end, so then there should never be a woman that's kasher for yibam. Because typically, or at least not typically, because typically the, the it's husband... Around them. There's going to be a period of time. What? No, no, no. We're talking about never should there be a mitzvah yibam. Why? Because the, the mitzvah yibam goes by who she's married to. If she's married to a sris, we're saying there's no mitzvah yibam. Problem is, is that every husband, if he gets ill, while he's ill and bedridden, he's not capable of procreating. And that means that he, there should be no mitzvah. Obviously, we don't look at it. We say, look, 
before he got sick, he was capable. Therefore, there's a mitzvah. So, same is true the other direction. Before he got the status of being a stress, he had the mitzvah. It doesn't go away. That's what we're suggesting here. Anyway, um, um, so the Gemara says, isn't that question, this answer of Rava, is actually a pirchan Reb because Reb Lezer, um, uh, you know, Reb Lezer, it, it, it basically just counters Reb Lezer's, is, uh, Reb Lezer's opinion, because uh, we obviously are clearly showing that we go by what's called the Shasa Gosher, and he says, he doesn't, he ignores that factor that there was a moment of, of, of suitability. It goes by the here and now. So it's a kasha on him. So the says it's not the same thing. The whole thing, this idea that Rav is bringing in, that person when he's, when he's sick, elderly, he's not capable of having relations, that's not innately so. It's, it's, he's just weak. It's not, it's not that he can't. That's very different than a Swiss, and it doesn't fall into that category, and therefore the question falls off. Anyway, that's what we got to yesterday.